Brought you some brain food. Don't need it. Got any cool, popular, socially well-adjusted food? Sorry, ate all that. <laughs> what a funny dad. Who's in it for like two minutes. Hey, he was in it longer than mom. Dad. Where's mom? Hey, Val. Hey, Al. Welcome to D-Commentaries. Welcome to you and welcome to our listeners. Today, we're talking about genius. Ooh. Are you a genius? No. (laughs) (laughs) That was a rhetorical question. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Also, we need to work on this You are a genius. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm a genius. <laughs> oh my god. I wanted okay. to say really quick, Val, before you do the synopsis, that this is I'm not about to start another game. Um okay. I wanted to say that for those of you who think you haven't seen this movie, there's a really good chance you probably have. You just don't remember because the name is not very memorable. Yeah, I would agree with that. I definitely saw this movie lots of times when I was younger. Yeah, I did not. I even I looked at the characters. I looked at the synopsis. I didn't remember anything about it. And then there were certain scenes where I was like, yep, I have definitely seen this. Yeah, this is one that I like totally forgot about until I opened it to watch it. And then I was like, oh, my God, I've seen this like a million times. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. You can um, tell us the synopsis now, Val. Yeah. So Genius came out August 21st, 1999. So we're continuing the once a month releases. Uh, It was directed by Rod Daniel, who also directed Alley Cat Strike. Oh, Alley Cat Strike was the only other DCOM he directed, but he did also direct Teen Wolf canine and beethoven's second cool yeah um and fun fact about canine it's a movie that is very very similar in concept to turner and hooch which i think is much more well known um but it's with uh jim belushi and um and the person who wrote canine scott myers was my screenwriting professor in grad school (laughs) (laughs) that's so cool yeah so kind of a weird small world-ish thing wow yeah anyway uh genius was written by three people well the story was written by john reek yeah we'll go with reek who this was literally his only credit on imdb oh oh. and then he said one and done yep and then the teleplay was by jim lincoln and dan studney and Neither of them really had much else. Yeah. Like, like neither of them had much of a resume either. So I'm not sure what happened here. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. So they were like, we just made the greatest movie of all time. We're yeah, retiring. We're done. Yeah. Yeah. That That's definitely what happened for sure. Nice. <laughs> the cast is pretty big again. So we've got Trevor Morgan as Charlie Boyle slash Chaz Anthony. <laughs> Um, You might know him also from The Patriot, which is what I also knew him from. Um, Emmy Rossum. Ooh, 
Yeah. Someone you might recognize from Shameless. Um, she's playing Claire Addison. I know Emmy Rossum from the Phantom of the Opera movie. <laughs> yep. I was just going to say that was the <laughs> other big thing that she's known for. Um, Charles Fleischer as Dr. Crickstein. Is it Crickstein or Crickstein? Ooh. I'm I already forgot. Um, I wrote and... down the complete wrong name. So <laughs> I'm going to later say the wrong name. Perfect. Um, Yannick Bisson as Mike McGregor. We've got a he's French Canadian playing yeah, an he, Irish he's, guy. He's big in Canada. Yes. So this I'm going to I'm going to finish the cast and then I'm going to talk about a weird conspiracy that I've Ooh, stumbled okay, upon. Great. So we have uh, Peter Kellahan as Dean Wallace, Philip Granger as Coach Addison, who's also Claire's dad, um, and Jonathan Whitaker as Charlie's dad. It's literally credited as Dad Boyle. Yep. He doesn't have a first name. Which is just incredible. Okay. So three of the people that I just listed, as well as another person who's a smaller part, at least four people in this cast are on a show called Murdoch Mysteries on which the guy who plays Mike is the lead. He plays like Inspector Murdoch Uh in this show. Like, I would not be surprised if almost everybody in this movie was in an episode. Like, it feels like it's like Law and Order, but for Canada. Yeah. And I wonder if this is how they met. Maybe. It it just feels like. Or are they all just Canadian human people? So like this was filmed. I looked it up. This was filmed in Ontario. So it feels like it is literally like if something was filmed in New York and all the actors were like stage actors in New York, which is exactly what Law and Order does. Okay. So it feels like that. It's it's just this really random thing. But I looked at so many IMDb's where I saw Murdoch mysteries. I was like, it's a conspiracy. I think we have to watch it. Definitely. I love shows like that. So I'd probably really I love murder books. Murder mystery books. Well, you might like it too. No, I didn't ever... really mean like murder books. Like, <laughs> I know what you meant. Okay. <laughs> have Have you ever seen um, any like British crime shows like like Broadchurch? No. Okay, so I, I so. have a feeling that this is sort of like that, or like a Sherlock Holmes, but a more modern. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Well, actually, I'm not sure if it's modern because Murdoch has been around for a really long time, oh. the character. Okay. So the, I think this might be like young Murdoch. So it oh. might actually be old. I'm not sure. Young, old, hot Murdoch. Hot. Yeah, hot. he is pretty hot. I will say. I feel Mike like that's McGregor. becoming my entire personality on here, Val. Who you think is hot? Yeah. I'm not <laughs> mad at it. I just wanted to point it out. Specifically dads in most cases. Okay, well, not I am... One. An older woman now than I was when I when these first came out. An older woman. <laughs> Do you know who you're talking to? My young lady friend, Val. I'm a young lady. And I'm an old, old woman. <laughs> I look really old. young and really ladylike right now. So it's a perfect description. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the synopsis is another novel. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, here we go. Charlie's a child prodigy who's been offered lots of scholarships, but chosen a little known one to work with a scientist he admires. Wow, that sentence is terrible. Uh, The work is fascinating, but his social life stinks. Trying to get something like a normal life, he also enrolls at a local school and pretends to be an average student. He's cool for the first time, but attending school and college at the same time is tricky. And soon someone is bound to find out. Yeah. 
terrible synopsis. It's just long. And that first sentence is weird yeah. to me. Anyway, Al, what uh, what were your first impressions? Yeah, first impressions. As I kind of already mentioned, I didn't think that I had seen this movie. And after further inspection, I definitely have. Um, I thought it was a fine movie. It was very fast, very quick movie. Um, it was only an hour and 25 minutes. So it's kind of a fun movie to have on in the background. And overall, I'm going to give it a seven and a half, seven point five out of ten. I wow. really thought it was cute. I thought that this was the a good length where like watching Johnny Tsunami drink last week felt long. It just felt like it was dragged out where this kind of kept moving the whole time to me. Yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. I think that Johnny Tsunami had like four resolutions. Yeah. And this movie just had like the, it was your very textbook structure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the perfect like hero's journey. So yeah. yeah. Um it definitely went faster for that reason, definitely. Like I remember watching it when I was younger and liking it yeah. a lot. And I still enjoyed it now. There are some really funny parts in it. Yeah, I agree. I think that both Trevor Morgan and Emmy Rossum have a lot of personality and are very compelling to watch. He's very funny mm-hmm. and he's very cute. Um, so it's like a, a nice combination. You know, he like he, he's good at playing the earnest moments, but he's also really good at playing like the physical comedy and like being silly. Um, and the adults are pretty entertaining as well in this movie. Like the Dean is so ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> And then his like scientist adult friend <laughs> is great. Yeah. So and and then, of course, like the the hockey players are all kind of, you know, doy. yeah, like cliche mm-hmm. hockey players in a movie like this. But the, the I didn't want anything more than that. They were great. They were fun to watch. So I enjoyed it as well. Did any quotes stand out for you? Yeah, I had a few Once again, I feel like I'm taking less and less notes because I'm really honing in on the movies recently. Mm -hmm. Um, No, but uh, I feel like we're in this weird phase of some of the writing isn't so great. So some of the lines are, I don't know, not my favorite. But um, I don't know if this is a quote or if this is something that I thought of on my own because usually I put quotes in quotes. But the very first note that I have is, can't Zamboni with a bad back bony. <laughs> yeah, that is a quote. Okay, cool. <laughs> I was like, that is He's something that... I would write. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his dad, he says it kind of like, can't Zamboni with a bad back bony. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like mm-hmm. add it. Like it was a very dad joke. Yep. Um, I thought the... All the other reindeer don't like my big red shiny nose was a, a fun comparison of him saying why no one really wants to hang out with him. And then um, I love the snow back in Chicago. It always ends up dirty. <laughs> that was cute. And he's he like the rest of that line is something. Where is it? I wrote it down back in Chicago. It always ends up dirty like the mean streets. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> purposefully did not include that when I was writing it down. The mean the streets, mean streets of, Chicago. of Chicago. Any other quotes? I mean, towards the end, I don't I don't think this spoils anything, but you could solve all the mysteries in the world. But what does it mean without friends? 
Yeah. And I thought that was one. really pretty. Man, DCOMs kind of hits you in the heart sometimes. I know. Because I could solve all of the Murdoch mysteries in the world, but what does it mean without my pal Val? <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be anything without my pal Al. Okay, well, that's a pity answer because I just said that, so. What? That's you. Ju- you. I said it first. Then you came in here and you said, I, uh, I, <laughs> I said something nice and you get I shitty know, we're with learning, me. We're learning how to take compliments. <laughs> wow. Last time I said anything nice to you. Ooh, good. I like where this is going. <laughs> oh, that, that, that makes both of us. <laughs> we're not saying anything nice about me. No. Ugh. I'm just kidding, Val. I love you. I love you. I really do. I really do. We're we're such a great pair. Okay. Um, so I don't really have a ton of quotes either, especially from like earlier in the movie, but I wrote down a couple insults. Uh, oh, I love the this. Very, the very first thing he's called is cranium crud, which I think is the lamest insult ever. Uh, just because it's alliteration doesn't mean it's good. Uh, but then... Uh, later, he gets called Pintstein. I think Mike oh, calls him that. That's really funny. That's a good insult. <laughs> that's a good insult. Because uh, listeners, he's a- an eighth grade child. And so he's literally like five foot one. Yeah, he's tiny. He's probably not even five. Yeah, feet. he could be like, like four eleven. Yeah, he's really little. And uh, yeah, and he's in college. I'm kind of good with quotes if we want to move on to the city. Yeah, the only other quote I wrote down, I don't think this is a spoiler, but uh, he says, dude, those are our Rumson fans. Turns out they only respond to negative reinforcement. Yes, <laughs> that was really funny. I thought that was very, Boo. very funny. And then they were like doing better when you booed them. Yep. That's so funny. OK, I think that's it. I really didn't write very many quotes either. All right. Well, Val, strap on your skates, grab a textbook and rip off that top because our tops are off and we're skating right into spoiler city baby my hockey jersey is on the ice all right lights up on a middle school student who has found out that he is going to college he is a very smart smart guy he doesn't have a lot of friends he's in eighth grade Um, he's also pretty sporty, likes to play hockey. And he finds out that he got into a bunch of colleges, including like Harvard and Yale and MIT and Mississippi State University. (laughs) (laughs) That's where I went to college. You know, if he had applied, he would have gotten in. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's, but in uh, uh, the lieu of finding out with his dad that he had gotten into college, Mind you, five years early, uh, he ends up choosing uh, Northern Wisconsin University because of a famous scientist that works there that is developing this really cool science thing <laughs> called the... The Gravitron. Gravitron. <laughs> okay, so then he goes to college, he moves in, he's got... Um, how does he get to the hockey rink where they all hate him? The lab is below the hockey rink. That's part of why he picks the college. Right. And so he goes to this college that has the computer lab with the Gravitron, 
is underneath the hockey rink because he loves hockey and he loves science. So he goes to the hockey rink and all of the guys are making fun of him because he's small. And the Dean is introducing him saying, Hey, um, this is, you know, the, the new guy uh, on campus, um, who is also a professor. And so he is a student on top of teaching a class. And then he goes to find his dorm and then it's the mean hockey guy. Mike is his roommate. And mind you, these dorm rooms are very large and very weird because they have sliding doors. It was And they have pianos? Yeah, I don't know. Like a full-size couch? I don't know. Uh, Okay, so then he ends up going to teach his first class. His shitty roommate Mike is also in this class, which is where we have the quote that Val said, uh, which was... I don't think I actually said it on on the recording. Oh, Val, tell us your quote. Uh, he says, hello, I'm Charlie and I will be teaching this class. And then he, his roommate says, hello, I'm Mike and I will be disrupting it. Oh, we loved that line. <laughs> um, great. And so then um, he ends up going to where does he find the girl? Wow. I, my notes were really bad this time. <laughs> oh my god i took notes and they're not good notes all i have was it's okay he goes to college to teach and be a student he finds a girl and that's my first two notes <laughs> okay so uh i'll just fill in a couple things real quick the hockey team hates him because they were hoping the lab would be shut down but the only reason the lab wasn't shut down was because they got charlie to come to college so they're mad at him right out of the gate because of that then he goes to the rink again because he wants to go work out and skate when no one's there and he sees this beautiful girl who happens to be his age doing cool figure skating on the ice and it turns out that she is the hockey coach's daughter and the hockey coach obviously also hates him because of the same reason the hockey team hates him Right. And that's how the, he meets this girl who's also his age. But he doesn't tell her that his his name is Charlie Boyle. And he tells her that his name is Chaz and that he also is going to go to her school. So now he's playing this double life of college student Charlie and middle middle school student Chaz. And he pretends to be like the bad boy of the school because someone had given him advice of do like the opposite. Like if your hypothesis isn't work or if you're, um, Oh yeah. So his, his, his colleague, the guy who runs the lab that he Dr. works in says, Steen. Crickstein or whatever. Yeah. He says, uh, a good scientist doesn't repeat the same experiment over and over again, expecting to get different results. Yeah. So he's like completely changing his personality because he was so used to getting turned away from girls, not having friends, all of these things. So he ends up being the bad boy in the school and she actually kind of does like him. Like he has this sense of confidence about him that he's never had that ends up being really like attractive, not in the, like attractive sense, but also in like, he has a group of friends now and people think he's really cool and really funny and really fun. And then, uh, since he was being so bad and they were talking about how there was this really young college student at the local college, his science teacher in middle school, uh, said, Hey, let's do a field trip and go visit the college campus. And he's like, Oh no, how am I going to be two people? And so they went to the the science class, which Val, I thought it was so funny that he's like, okay, well, we're going to go um, on a field trip right now. Oh, Bell yeah. rings. 
I thought the exact same thing. I was like, no, no permission, permission slip. <laughs> no bus, nothing. They just get, and then like Chaz is totally cool to just get himself there. Like, right. He's 14 years old. Yeah. Um, so anyway. silly. So they end up getting to the college campus where Dr. Clickenstein, uh, Clickerstein, uh, Crickstein. Crickstein, uh, is there. And he's like kind of playing coy while, Charlie is trying to disguise himself. So he disguises himself by coloring his skin purple and wrapping up one of his legs like uh, a bandage as if he had been injured and then wheels himself out in a wheelchair so that no one from his class recognizes him. He then is like, hi, I'm Charlie Boyle and I'm really smart, but I'm not feeling good. So I'm going to go away. And then he rolls back. Um, and so if you've ever seen this movie, this is the part you're going to remember. Like, you're going to remember him rolling out in a wheelchair completely purple. It made me think of that sunscreen. Do you remember that sunscreen when we were kids that was purple oh, until it, yeah. like, dried? And it was, like, meant so that you knew where you put the sunscreen? Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's a 90s item for sure. So then Charlie, um, like, pushes himself back off stage and then goes and runs to the bathroom to, like, take off the purple thing stuff from his face so that he can go be Chaz in the studio, in, in the studio audience. And then his teacher is like, oh, well, you just missed him, but he let's bring back Charlie. And so then him as Chaz has to run back off and kind of, like, do the whole process again. And it's just a whole mess. And then... Right after that, I have an, uh, marked in my notes as an almost kiss. Um, so I think that Chaz and Emmy Rossum are ice skating together and like kind of having this heart to heart moment, which was really cute. They almost kiss and then uh, something happens. He gets a snowball. snowball. Him. He does something really thoughtful. So there's like a kid who reminds him of himself who's like waiting to go into the hockey game because at the beginning, at the very beginning of the movie, he's like waiting to play in a hockey game and the kids won't let him play. And then he sees kind of a nerdy looking kid who wants to play and he pretends like he's tired and lets the kid go in and play. And she sees that. And that, I think, is really what makes her kind of change her mind about him, because up until that point, she kind of didn't let, you know, she like made the joke that like he was going to work at McDonald's yeah. and he had no future and all that stuff. So that was the moment that was like the turnaround. And yeah, they cute. almost kiss and then someone throws a snowball. Yeah. And then she invited him back to her house to just hang out. And then the dad comes home and he can't be seen as Chaz. So he kind of hides and then wears a, like a goalie mask and then kind of runs out of the house. And then we find out that his crappy roommate, mean man, hockey man, Mike, um, kind of turned around, had a, like had a change of heart. He moved back into the room. Um, he said, I'm, you know, I can't be on the team if I'm not smart and I need tutoring. And so then they actually end up having this like really nice friendship there because he ends up teaching him and he ends up listening. Now we start to get towards the climax of the movie when um, he's working on the uh, particle accelerator, wrote it mm -hmm. down. The Gravitron um, is underneath the ice, mind you. And this is happening during a really big hockey game. Now, um, Charlie is on watch while Dr. Clickerstein is uh, <laughs> is out doing something else, but then the hockey game's going on and he wants to go up and watch. And so he leaves the Gravitron alone, um, which is not a good idea. So then I, it, it, of course, well, the Graviton did something bad, um, and it started to, 
heat up, heat up, heat up. And then it kind of started to combust and it started the heat from it started to crack the ice that was directly above the lab. And so it started cracking the ice. And so the game had to end and everyone got mad at Charlie because the dad, if he didn't win the game was going to get fired and he needed to, to keep the job. And then all of his friends are mad and everyone hates him because they figured out that Chaz was Charlie and Charlie was Chaz. And so everyone was mad at him, especially Emmy Rossum, who was really disappointed. And then he goes, you know, it's one of those moments of like, I'm sucking it up. I know I was in the wrong. And he goes to the outdoor hockey rink and says, hey, guys, I'm really sorry. I know what I did was wrong, but we really need your help to win this game. Otherwise, like the dad's going to lose his job. I really need help with this science thing. Um, and I literally wrote team winning with the new science thing. Um, <laughs> then they, they fix the ice. They're having the game again and, um, they really need to win. So what he does is, so everyone forgives him. Forgot to mention that part. Um, mm-hmm. and he, for like no, no reason, good reason, no reason. Yeah. And so, um, kind of like space jam. If you've ever seen space jam, when they put the like circle dots underneath, or is it flubber? I think it's, it's flubber. flubber. Oh, so in flubber, when he puts like the flubber pieces underneath the shoes of the basketball players, mm-hmm. it's kind of like that. So he puts these like circle things on the ho- the hockey skates of the opposing team because they found out that when they fixed the Gravitron that you can control other people by something that they had created. They split it yeah. in half. And so they find that if one half moves, the other half has to move exactly the same way. Right. So they can use that to control, like basically remote control wherever the other half is. Yes. So then they put the little stickers on the hockey skate so that they can manipulate them so that they can make sure that they win the game. Um, So he's got uh, Charlie is there with his two middle school best friends and Emmy Rossum. They're all helping like as a team. And Emmy Rossum and Charlie are kind of dancing around underneath the rink. And so the hockey players are dancing around on top of the rink. And it's very puppet mastery. I wrote Emmy and him do a do si with two players and looks like it's going to win. Um, the Dr. Clickenstein starts to help with the other chips, but he runs into the beam and something happens where everyone starts to fly. Um, so now everyone's in the air, um, in the air, air, air. But somehow they don't stop the game. No. Yes, truly. I wrote that down. I literally wrote that down. If someone were to start flying, I'd argue the game would end. <laughs> right. Like if the game ended because the ice cracked, then the game would definitely end. If two people end. are flying. Yeah. But then the Northern Lights, the team, they get to keep the, they win the game. Emmy's dad gets to keep her job. Emmy is proud of Charlie and they actual kiss. In the air. Everyone is happy. Um, In the very end, it is the most decom score slash electric guitar. <laughs> That makes you think of a decom in the entire world. And that's the story of genius. Mm-hmm. That's great. Thanks. But sometimes notes help. Yeah, I agree. You'd think that I would have been doing this for the past 10 episodes. Hey, Val, this is our 10th episode. Happy 10th anniversary. Oh, my God. We're so cool. We're so cool. It's great to be here with you. It's great to be here with you. I'm so I'm so happy and proud. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. <gasps> Thanks. Okay, <laughs> let's keep going. <laughs> um, 
Uh, I thought it was, you know, kind of going back to the very beginning when we gave our first impressions, I thought it was a cute movie. Yeah. I think it's a cute little rewatch. There's a few parts where I wrote, like, I maybe in in science class when he's in middle school, he kind of remote controls the skeleton. Definitely Mm -hmm. remember that happening. I definitely Mm -hmm. remember him being purple and being rolled out. I remember Mm -hmm. the the ice breaking. Like, I remember this storyline. And I yeah. think for some reason, I thought that this this storyline of like something happens under the ice and then there's the things happened in Mighty Ducks. Oh. <laughs> and I haven't seen that in a long time. And I think just like as you get old, you kind of like mush things together. Yeah, yeah, um, sure. But it definitely has yeah. a similar vibe. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I I remembered actually quite a bit of this movie. Nice. Like I remembered his relationship with Mike. I remembered um, his relationship with like Dr. Crickstein. Yeah. I, um, I remembered a weird amount of the science. <laughs> <laughs> what I actually didn't remember much at all is his relationship with Emmy Rossum. I can't believe that I had no idea that it was her. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously at the time when I was watching it, she wasn't, re- I mean, she was acting already, obviously, but she wasn't like famous yet. So, um, Yeah, I liked this movie a lot when I watched it as a kid. I like it a little bit less now only because I think I get too caught up in like what makes sense and what doesn't. Yeah. And I'm not even talking about the science. Like, obviously, the science doesn't make any sense. I can set that aside. But like, there's just so many things where it's so it's not even the most ridiculous stuff like that scene where he puts the purple on his face. It's not stuff like that. It's like little things like like how no one thinks it's weird that he's like running around or like hiding under benches or like holding up newspapers. And just like also like when the particle accelerator starts melting the ice, Charlie does not run to go turn it off. He just stays and watches the carnage. Like there's just stuff like that where I'm like, this is not how people would react right in a in a real scenario. And like I can suspend I've talked about this before, I think, with other movies that we've watched, but like I can suspend my belief if something is sort of earned, Mm -hmm. you know, like we talked a lot about this in Under Wraps and in in Halloween Town, too, where like obviously a lot of it's absurd, but you can take it because it sort of makes sense within the universe that it's Mm -hmm. in. This I felt like because there were all these little things that didn't make sense just on a sort of rational level. Yeah. It like distract it like made the other stuff even more ridiculous right. and like harder to where where the like why did they why did they forgive him? It wasn't earned. And why did oh this my happen? And why did they say this? Because this doesn't make any sense. He this is what he says that gets everybody who he's betrayed for the entire movie to turn around and forgive him. He says, My name's not Chaz, it's Charlie. Charlie Boyle. (laughs) That's it. Everyone whips around like he's had this incredible revelation or I don't know, said, I'm sorry. Like it literally, it doesn't make any sense. So it's stuff like that. And like the fact that they didn't stop the hockey game when people were literally floating in the air, just, you know, those kinds of things. But I really liked the relationships Mm -hmm. between Everybody in this movie. Yeah. I liked the dad-son relationship. I liked the scientist-Charlie relationship. I liked the Charlie and Emmy Rossum relationship. I, I thought literally all the re- relationships were strong and well 
acted, yeah. if not well written all the time. They were definitely like well acted. So I did appreciate that. Yeah. Something else I wanted to point out too was um, at the very, I don't know if it was the very last game. I think it was the second to last hockey game. Emmy Rossum is sitting on the bench with the team. And mm-hmm. I wrote quite literally, she would never be on the bench <laughs> because why would you have your 13 year old daughter on the bench of a very important college hockey game? That would not happen. What I noticed about that was that she's during the hockey game. She's trying to tell her dad. That's about the her boy. Boyfriend. And he's like, coaching girl, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, no, actually he doesn't. He's like trying to listen to her. I'm like, dude, do your job. What is with you. All right, Val, shall we move on? Yeah, let's do some bingo bango. Bingo bango bing bing. Wait, what's what the movie is here? Genius G I N G E. How do you spell genius? <laughs> G I before E, except ever see. G I E N U S G I E. Is that how you spell it? <laughs> G E N I U S. Oh, okay. G E N I U S. G E N I U S. Genius. And we'll play Genius Bingo. Bingo. Took us. Took us a while. Took us. It's okay. You're still a genius in my eyes. No. That was a callback. Thank you, Bill. You are. I'm a creative you genius. Are. Yeah. Just because you couldn't spell genius doesn't mean you're not a genius. Yeah, okay. I know how to say it. Genius. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, this week, okay. let's get started. Uh, as always, uh, I'm going to, okay, 10th episode. For those of you who have never seen our bingo board, someone did mention that they had never seen it to me. So for those of you who have not seen our bingo board, because you um, are not watching the movie, you're just listening to the podcast, and so you don't see to play along, that's okay. Um, it looks like a, a bingo board, and then whenever we go down the line, so one, two, three, four, five, that's our B-I-N-G-O, and then we start in the second row and go down and across. Um, so mm-hmm. that's how our bingo board looks. You can also download the bingo board on our website, which is at thetridentnetwork.com slash decommentaries hyphen pod. You'll be able to download and play there. And then uh, you can also find it on Instagram. It's one of our very first posts. And then you'll also see our whole feed where our past bingo boards for our past episodes. Uh, awesome. So let's get started in that top left corner. One hit wonder song. Uh, there was a song. Oh, what was it? It's like, I would do anything for your love or something like that. I tried to look it up and basically couldn't find it except for like someone literally filming their television <laughs> while it played. in a YouTube video. So I'm going to say it's safe to assume that that's a one hit wonder. All right, let's mark it. Okay. Breaking the fourth wall or looking into the camera. I did not notice any. Uh, holiday themed. Not. Nope. But there were two holiday themed jokes. The reindeer. And then there was another one that I forgot. That's probably also because um, they were in Wisconsin. Yeah. So it's like winter all the time. <laughs> uh, clunky metaphor. I mean, I guess like. Be being yourself. True to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, sure. Like, don't pretend to be someone you're not. 
Um, I also think as a secondary point, pay attention to what's right in front of you. Mm. Like at one point, the his colleague, the scientist, the guy who runs the lab was like, you're my you're not just my student, you're my friend or something like that. And then he like immediately is like, I need to go apologize to my real friends. And I'm like, what? this guy loves you right. and you're completely ignoring and devaluing that relationship. So, um, I, yeah, I think there was definitely also an element of and I mean, it also goes to like stop pretending to be someone else because like value your assets yeah. like and it's it's almost the same message as last week where it's sort of like if you are true to yourself, you'll be accepted for who you are. Like, I think that part of his issue at the beginning where people were being mean to him was because he himself was kind of like ashamed of who he was. Mm -hmm. Right. If he was like more proud of himself, then I don't think he would have had such a problem yeah. with people. I agree. Um, parents who just don't get it. I did. I did mark it because he there was something he said that was like, I didn't realize, I think when I marked it, that he was never coming back into the movie. and He was only yeah. in it for seven minutes. <laughs> Very Anne Hathaway in Les Mis was this man. Um, <laughs> not Oscar worthy, but like only in it for a very short amount of time. But he said something right. that just kind of like hit the. Well, so I could give I could definitely see it for like him literally not understanding sometimes what his son is saying because like at the very very beginning the very first thing that happens is two times in a row he's like English yeah because like Charlie starts talking about science and it doesn't make any see, sense but I think that's like he did it in a really condescending way right and the first thing I wrote was great another shitty dad who doesn't appreciate his yeah. son but then and again, this could be like a writing thing or a directing thing. But like then in the next scene where he like where they decide where Charlie's going to go to college. But even then, he doesn't really support his decision to go there. He's like, oh, I think he does. Well, Yeah, but like half and half. He's like, you you don't want to go to Harvard. It's Harvard. Yeah. But then once he once Charlie is like, no, I want to do this. He's like, all right, if that's what you want, I support you fully. And then he even does this little like. Charlie's going to Northern Charlie's going, you know, he like does the whole like dance for, um, for him. So I thought that that scene kind of changed my mind about him. Mm -hmm. Like it made me think that he's not a douche dad. He's a nice dad who does actually get his Who's son. Who's like and a semi douche just, sometimes. Yeah. I think he just, it, I think it was more like it's <laughs> when I think it's literally self-preservation when when Charlie starts like talking about stuff that he doesn't understand. He's literally like like it's sort of a shorthand, right? He's like instead of saying like, "Hey, slow down. I don't understand what you're saying." He's just like English because he's just it's like they know obviously know each other so well at this point that it's just sort of like shorthand for please explain in a way that I will understand. Um so if anything, it's almost like I do get that you are so smart and I am not. And you know, I'm saying that out loud. I I could go either way. Let's just say yes. Check it because he literally didn't understand the science. Checked. Okay. <laughs> um, cool non-parent adult. Clickerstein. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Crickstein for sure. His pal. Oh, yeah. Someone too famous for a TV movie. Not at the no. time. No. Nope. No. Uh, competition to resolve the central problem. I mean. I only marked it. I did mark it and I'm happy to take it back 
But I only marked it because I think the resolution wouldn't have happened if the competition of the hockey game didn't exist. Hmm. So it's not a competition where it's brink, but it is a kind of competition that helps resolve the central problem. That's fair. I accept that. Guys, Mm -hmm. I'm smart today. (laughs) I know you're going to say you're smart every day. Thanks, Val. You are smart every day. (laughs) I'm so, I can't, I can't do any more positive affirmations. You have to do them for yourself. Uh, We'll get there one day. A montage sequence. Yes. Yep. The almost kissing. getting, turning into Chaz. Almost kissing. Yeah. They have their whole hangout when they're, when she's like tutoring him. Oh yeah. That is another, there's two. Oh, I love a two montage movie. Okay. Cliche villains. Once again, I marked yes, because I feel like college roommate, or like jock hockey player. Yeah. Happy to delete. I don't know because I really question like who the villain even is in this movie. Like is the villain Mike? God, he's his own villain. Yeah, he kind of is. Like is Chaz the villain? Cliche, <laughs> it's yourself. All right. <laughs> Next part. <laughs> I guess that is cliche. You're you're your own worst enemy. <gasps> Done. We marked it. Oh, that was good. Oh my god, that was good. Uh, clothes are items that you owned. Um, I mean, I had almost the same phone that she has, like the the corded phone in her bedroom oh, cool. that she keeps hanging up on him. I didn't have it in my bedroom. It was like our one of our family. I don't think it needed to be in your bedroom. I didn't really see anything for me this time, but I'm. Ha- I think we should mark it for the phone. Okay. Okay. Rotten Tomatoes, 40 to 60. Um, hmm. <laughs> this one is like so out of the ordinary. It could go either way for me. I feel like it's about sports and it's kind of funny. I'm going to say it's 55. <laughs> it is 48. Oh, so okay. we do. Well, wasn't... We do get the box. Yeah. And I wasn't as far off as I could have yeah. been for sure. I'm always like within 10. Yeah. We haven't had any that's like 95 and you guessed 14. Right. You know? <laughs> right, right. I'm in the like general ballpark. Yeah. Usually. Um, cool. 48. That seems yeah, right. Seems right. Happily ever after. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say so. Midair kiss. Oh, yeah. And then a hockey game with all your pals. Yeah. Uh, almost kissing. Yes. Almost kissing and yes. real human kissing. Yes, all the different kinds of kissing. Someone who became famous. Yes. Amy Rossum. Yes. Think of me, think <laughs> of me blindly when you say goodbye. Don't put that in because it's probably my my thing is probably like. No, it's it was great. I am making that face because I have to admit Phantom of the Opera is one of my least favorite musicals. Oh, no, Val. Friend of the pod, if you're listening, Bryce, I know you are. That was our movie growing up, and we watched it, like, once a month. And, you know, you're on the same side as my mom. My mom hates it. And I can see why people don't like it, but I absolutely love it. Yeah. To me, it's kind of sad sack. And I'm just... Oh, well, yeah. It's Andrew Lloyd Webber, right? (laughs) Yeah. Although, I mean, I like some Andrew Lloyd Webber, but... Didn't he also write Cats? Yeah, which I also Yeah, hate. I don't like cats. Your childhood crush. I mean, I thought he was very cute when I was that age. I don't remember, but 
I think we should mark it because you think he's very cute. I think yeah. now Murdoch Mysteries Man could uh, get it. <laughs> he's very hot. Ooh. He was hot then and he is still hot. Uh, obviously, bad special effects or stunts. Oh, we're soaring, yes. flying around the hockey rink, and we can't control our bodies. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of like steaming. Like at one point, I wrote in my notes, "This looks like a ride." Oh yeah. Like a lot of the science stuff looked like a ride, but then there was also like a lot of um, very, very low grade CGI. Yeah. Like there was the, the, the dancing skeleton. skeleton. I was like, this is, yeah. just, they should have just hooked it up to some strings, you know? Right. <laughs> I agree. I agree. It's, they like transition from a real skeleton all of a sudden to a like cartoon skeleton. It's very weird. Um, and there were a couple other things that were exact, like when the ice cracks, it's also yeah. like fake. So there were just some weird, weird things. moments like that. Our next box is Eric Von Detten, Kirsten Storms, Ryan Merriman, Kimberly J. Brown, Annie Lawrence brother. Not today. Not today. Not today. Not today. So. Uh, musical number. Okay. No. But I have a, an argument. Okay. They said defying gravity about five times. I wrote times. that too. <laughs> Because the Graviton is trying to get them to defy gravity. This is the second time that this song has come up. We don't have to mark it, but I did want to mention uh, that they mentioned defy gravity five times. Mm -hmm. Very funny. Yes. Uh, Magic. Mm -hmm. Science is the real magic. Science is the real magic, baby. baby. Buy our shirt. We have merch. We have merch and it's linked from our website now. So you can find it there. com slash D commentaries hyphen pod. All right. Next, next box. Uh, someone says the title of the movie. Oh, like yes. every fourth word. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scooby dude. Yeah. Oh, because he, Oh, he did like, solve it. He did solve the it whole with his plan. Science. Yeah. And they all kind of do it together with their headphones, yeah. blades and skates and operations yep. base or whatever. Oh yeah. Uh, the heroes create the problem. Yeah. I mean, yes. Yeah. Don't leave that particle accelerator yeah. on, dude. Or lie to all your friends. Yeah. Just be Either one. Be yourself. That's from Aladdin. Uh, last but not least, our last box's lead is a fish out of water. Yeah. Yep. I was waiting for you to say it because I thought I was going to be wrong. No. First of all, you're never wrong. It's just a difference of interpretation. Well, unless it's like, this song is a one-hit wonder when it's not. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Some of us weren't obsessed with fastball. I get it. But um, no, this is, yeah, he definitely is a fish out of water. He doesn't, he's both a fish out of water in college because he doesn't know how to do college. Yeah. And then he's also a fish out of water in middle school because he doesn't know how to middle school yeah. either. He's just sort of like, doesn't yeah. fit. All right, Val, as we maybe have previously mentioned, it is our 10th episode this week and not on purpose. We have not one, not two, not three, four bingos this week. What? Wait, we have four bingos. I see bingos. one at the bottom, but what else? Bottom, up and down on the very left. So the B, 
diagonal from magic all the way up to parents who just don't get it. And our third row in the middle, clothes that you owned through who became famous. Holy shnikes. Wow. Four. Four. That's our max, right? That's our That's, that's the our most record? we had because we had three. Um, we had three for 13th year with three for 13th hosts. Year, right. And so this year we have four for the 10th episode. Ah! Wow. That's really, really, really cool. Thanks for going on this journey with us, guys. You got us here. And last week we said we'll get bingo again. And then we just made up for the last two times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very fun. We did it. Yay. Wow. G-I-N-U-S. <laughs> I don't know why you want to spell it G-I. Guinness. <laughs> um, great. So to finish off this lovely Guinness episode, uh we <laughs> Uh, we always end with a game, and so this week we are going to see how much of a Guinness balance <laughs> uh, by playing the game of Are You Smarter Than an Eighth Grader? Great game idea. Thank you. It's not fifth, it's eighth this week because our friend Charlie Boyle was in eighth grade. I googled Are You Smarter Than an Eighth Grader, and this is what popped up. Now, there is a specific website that created this quiz. I have previously taken it. I got an 8 out of 10. Oh, okay. So I don't, I, I don't doubt you. I, I'm just not smart. In a math way, because it was a math question. Okay, Val? I'm not very good at math. So, um, so I'm going to ask you. It's 1 through 10. And you can take as long as you need. And then you can. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you, yeah. The magic of editing. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Um, take as long as you need. And then um, they are multiple choice. So and then okay. at the very end, I want you to guess what website this is. Who created this quiz? Because it's very funny. OK. Is it LeVar Burton? No. That'd be better. <laughs> um, all right. So question one. Uh, question one. Who wrote the poems Annabelle Lee and The Raven? Ralph Waldo Emerson, Nathaniel Hawthorne, Edgar Allan Poe or Robert Frost? Edgar Allan Poe. And you are correct. Which literary term means a story illustrating a moral lesson? Parable, allegory, myth, anecdote. I think it's parable. Incorrect. Is it allegory? allegory? Yeah, that was my second choice. Which of the following is not an example of onomatopoeia? Boom, sizzle, meow, sense. Sense? Correct. Okay. It's spelled C-E-N-T-S, like sense. Oh, okay. Where was the first Continental Congress held? Washington, D.C., Boston, Philadelphia, Richmond, Virginia. Philadelphia. Correct. I only know that because of Hamilton. <laughs> that was the one. I, that's why I guessed it. All right. Who? Another Hamilton question. Who was the third mm-hmm. president of the United States? Jefferson. Correct. Oh, wait, I didn't even give you multiple choice for Thomas Jefferson and you do. <laughs> I would have been like, read me some names, girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just know not just from Hamilton, but also thanks to Hamilton that it was Washington, Adams, nice. and Jefferson. All right. Um, great. What American woman aided wounded soldiers on the battlefield during the Civil War? Clara Barton, Dolly Madison, Betsy Ross, Florence Nightingale. 
What was the first one again? Clara Barton. I think it's Florence Nightingale. It was Clara, it Clara Barton. Barton. Damn it. So Florence Nightingale, I think, was like a British nurse. All right. Here we go. Here's the math. Gwen wants to rent a truck for one day. She contacted two companies. Scott's Truck Rentals charges a flat $20 plus $2 per mile. Okay. Big Haul Truck Rentals charges $3 per mile. After how many miles will the total cost for both companies be the same? It, like exactly mm-hmm. the same? How many miles? So your an- these are your answers. We okay. have 10, 15, 20, and 25. Miles. Oh, miles. 10 oh, miles, okay. 15 on, miles, 20 miles. 20. Guys, she answered that in four and a half seconds. <laughs> <laughs> you got it right. <laughs> Oh, if only I had answered it that quickly. The people don't know. My dad's a mathematician. He took all the math in the genes. He kept it for himself. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> not all of us. Not yeah. all of us can be a beautiful mind. Good reference. I've never seen it. Okay, so let's go <laughs> to the next question, which is the Earth's water cycle is powered by wind, sun, radioactive decay. Or the energy of the Earth's rotation? I'm going to guess it's D. Energy of the, the Earth's energy. rotation. Yeah. It is the sun. Oh, interesting. Huh. And how do you calculate the area of a triangle? Base times height? Pi times radius squared? Base times height divided by 2? Base times height divided by three. Base times height divided by two. She's a geometry genius. <laughs> Guinness. <laughs> Guinness. All right. Last question. What do you call the distance around a circle? Circumference, radius, perimeter, boundary. Circumference. Correct. Get our results. You got 70%. So you did better than I, I did. did. Who's the guy now? I'm the guyness. <laughs> I'm the guyness now. Yeah, I did get eight. I got um the the math question wrong, and then I got the Earth question wrong. I guessed wind. Mm. Um, great job, great for thanks for playing, Val. Let us know how you did in the Instagram comments if you got a ten out of ten or if you got zero out of ten. All right, now Val, I want you to guess what website I found this list off of. Uh, um, it's AARP <laughs> created that. All right. Well, uh, Val, thanks for joining me today on this Tuesday. Thanks. I didn't know I was gonna have to use my brain. Yeah, that's what happens when you're <laughs> when you're talking science, baby. <laughs> huh. Well, this was super fun. Yeah, fun movie, fun times, fun times. Uh. F- Fun four times the bingo. Oh, I forgot that happened. Yes. <laughs> it happened like two minutes ago. <laughs> this is why I have to write things down, Mel. I forget. Uh, thank you so much, as always, for joining us. We hope that you love us as much as we love you. Remember to tell your friends about us. That's honestly most important. That's what we're going to focus on this week. Tell your friends about us. 
Any Disney friends? Yep. Tell one tell friend. Tell one friend. That's your goal. If everybody tells one friend, you've done your Thank job you. this week. We love you. We do. We love you very much. And I love you, Allie. I love you, Valley. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Val. Bye, Al. This podcast was produced by me. And me. And it was edited by me. The music was composed by Michael McNally. You can find us online at thetridentnetwork.com slash dcommentaries hyphen pod. Find us on Instagram and TikTok at dcommentaries. Dcommentaries is a part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com. Disney Channel Original Movies. Damn it, Ellie.